Welcome to the Body Track Academy podcast created by EPs for EPs. The podcast will take you on an in-depth understanding of everything an EP is faced with on a day-to-day basis and the latest evidence-based clinical practices, real-world practical applications of case studies, personal development strategies, and much more to ensure you become the best practitioner possible. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, follow us on whatever streaming service you use to ensure the message spreads and you are notified of any new podcast or educational resources available to you. Furthermore, if you're not already part of our online academy, head over to Facebook and join the Body Track Academy. Happy listening. Hello and welcome, Body Track community. Today I'm your host, Nicole, one of the exercise physiologists here at Body Track, and today I have a treat for our listeners. Today we have a first on our Body Track podcast. We have one of our very own clients joining us. Today I welcome Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Nicole. We are so excited to have this podcast going with you, Kate. It's something we've been wanting to do ever since we started the podcast, was have a client on and have a real client experience shared. So thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to hearing your side of the story and um, sharing it with not only our associates and up-and-coming graduates, but also other clients uh, and future clients. I'm enjoying it. Excellent. So a little bit of a background on, on Kate to paint the picture. Kate first came to see us at Body Track before I even started here uh, back in May 2018. And you first saw one of our other practitioners, also called Kate, uh, at the time. Now, you were referred then via your doctor, via an EPC, an enhanced primary care plan, uh, for a few different bits and pieces. Can you tell us a little bit about your health back then, Kate, in 2018? What sort of things come to mind? Um, I had been overseas. I'd come back having pulled my back. I was really suffering right down one side um, from what was sort of being diagnosed at the time as an old injury, just a nervous, you know, deterioration. And I have an aunt who did the same thing when she got old, so I believe them. Um, But the result was that I was in quite a lot of pain right down my right side and I was not moving very well. And I could tell, and I went to the doctor for this reason, that, you know, with less and less movement, I was getting stiffer and stiffer Mm -hmm. and uh, something needed to be done. And so we went on, you know, a little survey at the time about my diet, about this, about that. And then they tested me for um, bone density and it was getting a bit low, which didn't surprise me at all because I wasn't moving around enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you at the time were actually already going to the gym a couple of times a I week was. independently. Yeah? I was. Um, so why is it that you actually sought exercise physiology? Did you know about EPs at the time? Um, I learned about it from someone I knew at UQ, mm-hmm. at University of Queensland, and I um, was not terribly satisfied with the sort of repetitive, the repetitive exercises um, that I was getting at the gym mm-hmm. were not, I was just not recovering from them. Yeah. And uh, so I was feeling as though I needed to do something a bit more rehabilitative. Yep. And at the time when I started, I thought it would probably be a short course. We'll yep. see how we go. Yep. And um, I'll go back to the gym. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that was the initial plan. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So when you first came in, that the initial plan sort of flagged a few other things in terms of other medical history as well. Like you mentioned, um, bone health had declined. We were in that osteoporotic zone. Um, 
uh, history of right breast cancer as well, having had the mastectomy. So related, yep. um, you know, stretchy scars. Yeah, out to that right side. Mm-hmm. History of some chemotherapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then prior to that as well, um, had an old, old head injury as well and some cholesterol uh, changes as well. So a bit of a comprehensive background, like most we see when people come to see us with more than just one thing. Um, so can you remember back to that sort of first initial assessment with, with Kate when you first came in? Remember what sort of tests you did or what sort of things you did in the assessment at all? Um, oh, I was really reassured that she was very professional and measured my blood pressure. And then the little things I was asked to do were actually, my first impression was, oh, these are very trivial. Yeah. These are quite gentle. I can do more than this. I'm used to doing a lot more than this in yeah. the gym. Yep. That was my first impression. Um, but it was very, very exact and about... Three hours after I went home, I realised she'd actually woken up a whole lot of muscles I hadn't used for years. Yes, yep, yep. And she'd found those little ones and gradually found those little ones and and I was very much more aware of what I'd been exercising about sort of two hours later. Yes, gotcha. (laughs) Because looking back at those treatment notes, uh, you know, we can see that Kate took you through sort of, not necessarily a standard or cookie cutter assessment, but those things were really specific to you at the time, which was that that Mm. lateral lower limb pain and that hip pain. And yes, there was a complex history behind it as well, but you were presenting primarily with this pain that was limiting you and reducing your movement, like you said. Um, back when we look back to 2018 and we we're doing your assessments, your sit-to-stands, all you were doing back then was five. Five mm. sit-to-stands out of a chair. You were able to do it, but mm. that was pretty much all we were at. And now we look ahead to, you know, some tests that we have done more recently in, um, you know, end of last year where we're doing now hitting the averages for a, for a woman of your age, and we're up into the four, 14 repetitions now in 30 seconds. Mm. So we know a lot's changed across the last, what, three and a half to, to four years. Can you run me through, over time, what it is you really sort of felt has helped your function change? Um, learning not to override my body was the most, the, the most important thing for me and what keeps me coming back is the fact that this this sort of style of treatment enables me to to um, start to learn about myself and to enables me you know if I've got the discipline to get up and do these exercises to actually find out all sorts of things that I thought were permanent yeah. um, are actually not. Mm. which at my age is an enormous um, release mm. of, of, you know, after 40 years or 50 years, really, of sitting around doing very sedentary activities. Yep. Um, there's a big cost to your body of doing that mm. if you're not particular. I mean, I was reasonably physically fit when I was young, mm. and but not a sort of massive athlete or anything. Yeah. So, so having a fairly sedentary job for most of my life um, I had taken that gradual decline as just normal. Yeah, age-related change. Age-related change, everyone said. Oh, no, for your age, you're quite good, they said. Mm. And so I was just accepting it. Yeah, pain should have been a normal part of ageing. You were Normal part of, of ageing, mm. they said. Mm. Um, and, you know, we can give you some drugs for this, they said, which is actually what set me off yep. to come here was because they were offering me hormone replacement at mm. my age um, to manage the osteo. And I thought, no, 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 no. 
Um, what but, else have we got? Well, yeah, what else have we got? <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned age. So I'm actually going to give the, the listeners an insider. So, Kate, right now you're 77, going 77 on 78. 77, going on 78. Yeah, so so Kate came to see us really at sort of the, the age of about 70, 74, really, 74, 75, mm. when you first came in. And like you said, you have been doing some exercise, but we just tweak things a little bit. Now, when you came to see us, Kate was sort of seeing you on a four-week, like a monthly basis, checking in, because you had been relatively independent, mm. and we were giving you then more a program to work with um, at the gym at the time, mm-hmm. and then I came on board, and um, I took you on as my client, we continued that care, and then March 22 came, or 2020 came around, and that's when COVID hit, mm. and things had to change, and we had to transition your gym-based program into a home-based program. We did, and we even did one on Facebook the first time, I think, because we through, could, I couldn't That's right, in. through, yeah, we, through video we, messenger. <laughs> we had to try and figure out how to get something we did a going. Facebook yeah, one first. we yeah. were trying to, we were just drawing, what could we do to get a session going? Yes. Um, and just to keep you moving at home. And we didn't know how long this COVID was going to stick around for, and now look at us, mm. two and a half, you know, two years on. Yeah. And we've been working you from home since then mm-hmm. um, with in clinic visits when it was safe to do so for yourself. Mm. Um, which I like when yes. I can come in. Yeah, those face-to-ones are prefer- face-to-face are preferred. Mm. Um, but tell me a little bit now, probably in the last two years in particular, how much you feel your function has changed. I remember when you first said, when you first came to uh, transition to me, you couldn't walk to the corner shop. No, and now I do a um, walk, you know, longer than that, um, three or four times a week. Um, I actually prefer walking along the Brisbane River um, or walking. We have a little bushland gully near, near Mount Cooper, so I walk uphill down Dale there. Um, and so for sort of, you know, two, three, four, depending on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, Kay walks uh, three, to- three times a week usually. Brilliant. In the summer, it's a bit hot in Brisbane and a bit wet this year, so I've been swimming. Really, the next door pool instead, mm-hmm. and um, that's just good exercise. You need um, to move. I am finding finally, I think my body's learning that if I do the exercises and then I do some ordinary walking or ordinary swimming the next day, I don't get nearly as stiff with yep. my exercises. So, yep. my body's starting a bit late in life <laughs> to learn how to exercise enough to look after itself. That's right. We found the right dose for you, didn't we? Because, like you said, when you came in, you we're a bit hesitant with Kate's exercises going on. They're a bit easy. They're a bit light and compared to what you had been doing at the gym. And we found the ones that were dose-specific and specific to your current needs at the time. Um, we presented with that lateral hip pain and that lower back pain, occasional foot pain and knee pain as well. How's your, your aches and pains now at the moment, Kate? Um, they occasionally come up if Ooh. I don't exercise. Yeah. Um, but provided I'm doing you know, enough movement. Mm. I don't think it's the specific exercises so much now mm. um, for them because they are really, you know, when I started, I was really having to take, you know, Panadol at night to get to sleep, etc. It was really quite painful. Mm. I don't think about them anymore. Yeah. Um, my That leg still gets a bit tired after a few K. Mm. Uh, it's the one that'll get tired, but it's just tired. Um, 10 minutes. Not holding you back. We'll yep. fix it. Brilliant. So we look back at those sort of data points again, and when you first came in, your we looked at your balance mm. and that right side, which is that weaker, that's that affected side. Your right-sided balance on one leg was about 13 seconds, mm-hmm. um, and your left side was about 25. So dip, mm. big difference between the two. Nowadays, we can do 30 seconds easy as on on each oh, leg easy, to easy. the point now where I give you things to just about juggle, don't I? I give you a few weights and things to hold on to or we'll multitask with at the same time. 
So balance these days is significantly better. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that increase in, in your lower limb strength now as well with how much you can walk in six minutes. We did that test when you first came in back in the day as well. Um, and we were well, well low in the 300 meters. And now we're up to 420 meters in a six minute walk test. Mm -hmm. um, so not only has your strength increased, but your cardiovascular fitness has increased, which brings us over to, to about your heart health. Oh, Kate. yes. Well, so in the, in the meantime, mm. um, probably the reason why I walk slowly, uh, you know, for, for habit, because the suspicion is this has been around for a while, but now we have the technology to, to um, detect mm. that I have a um, seriously um, malfunctioning aortic valve. Mm -hmm. um, so, so after I'd started here, I got this diagnosis. Now, anyone else who's had a heart disease diagnosis knows you go into a bit of a spin mm. because you're caught between wanting to stay fit and being afraid to do too much um, if you're not very careful. And the doctors really don't deal with that very well. I've mm. got a fabulous specialist who I'm very fond of, but, mm. you know, he, he, he was all for doing it then. And I said, doing no, an operation there, yeah, you mean? Yeah, yep. yeah. This is in 2019. It was urgent. Urgent, then. yeah. Uh, that's three years ago. Yeah. It does need to be done probably this year. Mm. But in that three years, the difference for me has been that I keep going back to him and it's still the same. Staying stable. It's staying stable, like the osteo. Mm. Um, so, the, so that the actual keeping moving and not being, and doing it gently, because by then I'd established a good result, you mm. know, trusting relationship here, um, I um, felt, you know, not too afraid to do what I was being asked to do. Uh, still in my head, they were fairly mild. Um, there's no compulsion. If you weren't feeling well, you stop. Mm. You know, doing exercises at home, um, you know, but you notice you're stopping. So if it persists, you might ring up and say, is there something else I can do? Yeah. Um, but, but really, overall... That's just the little body's ups and downs. Mm. So I've stayed fairly fit. Yeah. And, and, and you know, three, three years on, I think it does need to be yeah. know, like we said, it's treated a... before I get any older, probably. Yeah. Um, but it's given me three years of actually waiting while the technology improves and everything else and medicine improves. And we've improved your cardiovascular function in that time in the sense that you're able to do more in the mm. same amount of time. Mm. You're you're able to have a greater capacity for exercise as well with no worsening in mm. that. So Kate was diagnosed with asymptomatic aortic stenosis for mm. those who play at home. Um, like she said, it was a malfunctioning or a, you know, a faulty aorta where we had that. Um, slight impairment through there, which, mm. you know, at the time, yeah. surgeon said, or cardiologist said, let's get it sorted. And we addressed it with exercise and has got her an extra, like you said, three years really well. Yep. And, and, um, and he's still cautious mm. about doing it, but yep. I think I have this feeling yep. coming up to that. Gotcha. Um, but the difference for me now is also that because I've gone through that thing, which is normally a post-operative panic. Yes. Um... I now know how to deal with it. Mm. If I do end up having to have the procedure, um, I've got a baseline of where do. I'm aiming for, and I've also got a good way of managing myself back post to there. Exactly right. And mm. you, like you said, you've learned how to listen to your body now, yeah. and it's mm. not about no pain, no gain, and pushing through and being heavy and hard. It's about mm. doing within the right amount and gradually progressing. Mm. And like you just touched on, we know the evidence is there for all types of surgery, whether it's a musculoskeletal surgery or something on the heart, mm. that the fitter and stronger we are prior to a procedure, 
the less complications there are, the shorter time in hospital and the better recovery we've got. So you've got an extra three years of fitness and strength up your sleeve now going mm. into that operation. That's how I feel. Be. I feel much more confident about mm. the whole thing. But also um, sort of much more philosophically equipped yeah. to deal with the whole thing. You yeah. know? Expand because, on that a bit because, more. Well, because um, one of the things, and I, a lot of people talk about this in my age group, but I think all people, I know new mothers feel a bit like this when they have a baby too, um, you get caught up in the medical thing and it's all about fixing what's wrong with you. And it's a bit can be a bit over, a overwhelming, but also um, a bit disabling about you making the decisions. Mm. Um, I've got a scientific background, so I can look up what they're prescribing <laughs> and, and argue. But lots of people can't. Yeah. And I think um, what what this has done for me has given me a routine way of living my life within my limits, mm. confidently. Um, and being the person who makes the decision about how that will be done, yeah. rather than someone who's just doing what they're told. I love that. And I think you've touched on that perfectly well. And you're an example of a client that we see what we call under consultation. So mm. I see you four weekly or as, as mm. needed around there. And we check in regularly enough to make sure you're on track and can give guidance and, and make sure that you are doing everything correctly. But a lot of it's really independent. You do mm. the majority of your home program by yourself mm -hmm. um, and you've achieved all this with really good dedication and discipline there but you we've empowered you to be able to make those decisions yes I feel very enabled about mm. this and I think um, that's spinning over into my reaction to a whole lot of other things yeah uh, which is fabulous um, so so now uh, because I can climb up and down my banks in my garden I'm not afraid to go weeding. Uh, I live on a very steep hill, so it's a fairly major bush care arrangement <laughs> to do my gardening. It's not flat. Um, and suddenly, you know, which I certainly couldn't do three years ago when I started. Yeah. yeah. Um, suddenly I can climb up and down those banks and mm. find, find the weeds, um, fix what the brush turkeys do to my <laughs> bank and generally mow my lawn and do all those things um, independently and independently, yeah. which makes a huge difference to life. Mm. And if you were to compare yourself now, Kate, so as a 77-year-old, if you look at yourself compared to uh, colleagues, friends, family, where do you sit in the, the functional independence or, or fitness category? I, I, for the first time in my life, really, I'm sitting with my more athletic friends, yep. okay? The ones who are still playing golf or who, who are still swimming a lot, you know, because they've always swum in the sea in Sydney or something, mm. and they're still doing... You know, I have some friends like that. But when, when we all meet, I'm the one who can go for the walk with them and uh, do those things. And at this age, we're a pretty, um, can I say, variable lot. Um, some of us are quite now becoming quite frail mm. and some of us are not so frail mm. and I would put myself you know not as the top athletes but definitely in the clump that are you know on the ball doing things and able-bodied independent able independent and able-bodied brilliant brilliant so if there was um I suppose the key reason you've come on today what what is why did you want to come on here today Kate and and talk to our community about exercise physiology and your your Example. Well, there's a little um, sort of little mantra, I think, around uh, body track, which is, which is, you know, exercise is medicine. And I don't think that's what 
is being talked about nearly enough. Um, and for me, probably the key thing is that by enabling my movement and my control over that development, which is how I feel, I know I've been given a very um, professional um, set of exercises and I'm not, not wanting to decry that at all. I'm, they're most impressive. I keep finding new parts of me I didn't know existed. Um, but it's also um, s sort of making my brain work a lot harder. Um, so, so, you know, everybody around me is sort of complaining because they're losing their capacity. Well, I'm gaining my balance. <laughs> and I'm also very active still um, consulting and um, doing things, you know, in my tiki area. Yeah. Uh, partly because I was a researcher and I was a bit ahead and now it's all needed. Um, but, you know, so I'm very, I feel very blessed to have found a way of, of rehabilitating myself out of what I had thought was inevitable old age. Mm, mm. I love it. And you're totally right. We know, it is our mantra, exercise is medicine. And it's, it's something that we, it's getting more widely known, but it still could be more known. Yes. Um, I, one of the reasons I'm on, on um, here now, thanks for the reminder, was um, that, that my doctor didn't know about this. Mm. So... Um, because I'd f found it and said, no, this is what... And she said, what's this? Mm. And we looked it up and it was, you know, recognised. Available. And, and available. Through Medicare. And, um, and only because I knew someone, you know, where they do the training here yeah. that I knew about it. And so I keep going back to my, my GP practice and saying, you know, this has been really good. Mm. You really should recommend people yeah. to this. And I tell my friends. And it's the pill. <laughs> if it, were, it could be a pill... Um, if they could be, put all the benefits of exercise into a pill, we know it would be the most widely prescribed and most widely taken drug mm. in the world mm. um, because it has so many more benefits than just the ones you've listed here as well. Mm. And, and just to finish off, Kate, I know we've talked a lot about your, your physical well-being and what you can do independently and to stay able-bodied. How has it impacted um, any of your mental health at all? Um, well, yes, during, uh, during COVID... Um, the fact that you are able to do exercises at home if you can't go out. Mm. I mean, our street kept going into isolation when the schools went down at one point and so nobody went anywhere. Um, my neighbours are lovely, but it could have got very um, sedentary mm. very quickly. Isolating as well. And, uh, well, isolating. Mm. We, um, I moved on to social media for the isolation. That yeah. was simple. Um, <laughs> but that's part of my nerdy sort of background. <laughs> um, but... But the um, exercise absolutely meant when I did return out, mm. I wasn't sort of, I hadn't been sitting for months. Don't I have a friend who did that and mm. ended up in hospital. Yeah. Sat and watched Netflix yep. during lockdown in Melbourne and ended up in hospital. Yeah. And it's, it's a scary thought, isn't it? But that, mm. And that mm. can happen to so many people. You think, oh, we don't know how long we're going to be here for. Let's just wait it out. And then mm. two years later, we're still waiting and mm. people are still stuck in their homes. So... Thank goodness for telehealth. And I tell you, the one of the good things that has come from COVID is fast-tracking our telehealth service to be able to offer you that in-home option for it's when we can't come absolutely in. absolutely essential. Yeah. And I think um, needs to be there for much more of medicine generally. Mm. But this is just such a good service mm. here. Mm. Thank you, Kate. So if there's one, one piece of advice you could give a listener, perhaps of a similar age to yourself, um, with a few comorbidities or, or history with um, a few issues with their health, 
What would you tell them if they hadn't already considered exercise? I would say um, think of your exercise um, as rehabilitating the bumps and, and outcomes of your life. Uh, there's nothing, you know, we've all been taught to sort of, uh, dare I say, suck it up and, and just get on with it. And Australia's very stoic about everything. She'll be right. Especially, she'll be right. And anyway, don't complain. Mm. Okay. Um, one thing I really learnt is that all these things that I thought I just had to put up with, I didn't. And so I highly recommend that you get a really um, knowledgeable person to help you work some of these knots and aches and pains in your body out. Get Wake up a few of those little muscles that have been sleeping for years mm. probably and get your whole system working better uh, because the difference to your life is just unimaginable yeah. when you start. I love it. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having one of my own clients um, share such an incredible story. And you are a really good inspiration for, for women and men of, of your age as well, but all people who think that it's too late for exercise or that they have to live with these pains or ailments or conditions. Um, if you're not sure, go chat to your GP um, or look for an exercise physiology clinic in your area and, and give them a call and see what they can do because... We can use exercise for everything, and I know it can be scary for someone who, who's never done exercise before, and you've done exercise before in the past, but you still, you know, you knew that there was something else out there because you'd spoken to someone. So there's a lot of people who just don't know. So ask the questions, have a look around, um, and and see what you can do with someone um, like us as well. And if you're a new mum, can I just throw this one Absolutely. in? Absolutely. In my era, nothing was ever done mm. perinatally. So um, I'm still fixing up my tummy. Yeah. Now, it would be a really good idea to do these exercises after you'd had your babies. Yeah, straight after, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's all conditions. <laughs> these are part of the things way back in my life now, mm. after three years, that I'm suddenly thinking about, oh, I wish someone had told me to do this. Yeah, yep, very good point. Mm. Well, Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and we'll no doubt get you back on again to chat more in the future. So thank so. you so much for your time. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So remember to share, like or follow to keep updated with all our podcasts and educational resources.